It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. A very happy Thursday to you and to you, not to you, to you and to you. It's the best day of the week. And what a finish to the first half of the King season last night with a win over the Nuggets in Denver. James Ham, how's it going, man? Good morning. I'm good. I, I think the uh, everything is so. right in the world, right? It feels it feels like everything is a little bit better than it was the day before. And, and you know, I, I think we're... Unless you're Drew Eubanks. Unless you're Drew Eubanks <laughs> and you got punched in the face. Um, yeah. I don't know why Isaiah Stewart went out there and treated him like... Uh, like you treat John Bull, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is one of those days where you wake up and you're like, 102, 98, uh, I don't care how you got there, Kyle, I don't care, I don't care how bad you no. looked, you no. got there, you got the W, and you move forward. If you can gut out any win over the Nuggets, you will take it. If you can do so in Denver you will take it. And if you can also do so when you're on the second night of a road back-to-back, you will take it. You will get a W any way you can, especially when, what what did we talk about all day yesterday? It was like, man, that loss in Phoenix was fine, except for the fact they've had all these bad losses, so their margin for error is so slim. You need to go get a win in Denver. And that urgency was very clearly there. There were so many moments in that game last night where I expected them to lay down. I expected them to punt on that game when they got down 10 and then it got to 15, I think at one point and okay, they would hang around and they'd get to 13. Okay. Now back to 15. Okay. It's at 12. Okay. Back to 50. I just felt like at some point the nuggets were going to pull away and they were going to win that game by 30. And then not only did they not pull away, the, the Kings came back and won. I was, I was blown away. That was a completely different Kings team than the one we've seen at any point this year. I agree. This is it. Number one, I think it's the best one of the season, and yeah, by a, by a lot. Yeah, I, I think it, it truly is. It's the best one of the season. And then if you look at some of the ways that this game was unfolding early on, Keegan Murray couldn't buy a bucket, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You could see how much energy and force he was trying to play with. He was flying yeah. around. He was doing everything in his power. He just couldn't hit a shot. And you started seeing a lot of players who are having this same exact problem. You know, it didn't matter who it was, whether it was De'Aaron, whether, you know, Malik Monk goes 2 of 11, like whatever it was. But it didn't mean that they weren't playing with the same energy and force that they play with when they win. And this is what we saw last year. This was a team we saw last year for one glimmer of hope, one night, hopefully a lot more nights in the final 28 (laughs) games. But for one night, like, there you are. You know, it really, it's like that scene in, in the movie Hook where they're, they're trying to find Peter Pan and, and old Robin Williams. And they're like, oh, that is him. Hey, look, it's you. It's you. I found you. Hey, look. Yeah. So uh, a really good moment uh, for the Kings, in my opinion. Look, and it's not it's not a coincidence that the Kings looking more like the Kings. And yeah, they lost in Phoenix, but we talked about, you know, how, how that was a much more... Uh, 
acceptable performance and a loss than than kind of some of the other ones we've seen. They looked a little bit more like like the team we saw last season, but it was driven by De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. And last night, that comeback was fueled by De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. And when you have Fox playing the way he played last season in the fourth quarter, and you have him doing that down the stretch and scoring the team's final 10 points and just dragging them to a victory, like, yes, that's what you want to see from him. That's what you want from De'Aaron Fox. And that's why this lull of the last month or so was so weird. It wasn't like he was playing badly, but he's capable of taking over NBA games against the defending champs in their building on the second night of a back-to-back and winning the Kings a game. And and that's what happened, and that's kind of what I expect to see from him moving forward. Yeah, Kyle, I, I think the interesting part was that I don't know if like NBA players, they, they get so used to being like on TV and in the grind, right? And being in an right. arena with, with 18,000 people. I think they, at some point, some guys forget that 18,000 people are watching them plus a whole bunch more people on TV because that's what it, it kind of mm-hmm. feels like sometimes. And I, I think when when Fox looks incredible, he looks great as a player, like you see this bounce in his step and, and just this different vibe, right? And then there's these other yeah. games where you instantly feel like something's wrong, something's off, something's awkward. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can, like, as somebody who's watched every game he's ever played, you almost know it right away. Like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a good Fox night. And mm-hmm. I, he needs to understand that, that that everyone else is watching him play. And, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, when you call him the head of the snake, it's because that's what's coming at you first. Like, a snake doesn't come at you with his tail first. And, and so That's a great point. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> like, you might hear the rattle, but the thing that you fear is getting bit by the head of the snake. Right. And right, so yeah, we're yeah, yeah. sitting there watching. We're like, oh, well, I'm not afraid of that. That's one of them, their regular gardener snakes that I don't worry about. That's what, mm-hmm. uh, like, half the games this season. And you're like, how do we get to a point where he understands that that's the visual as well and that everybody is watching the same thing and they're watching him either have it or not have it? And I mean, even opposing teams, you should be able to. If De'Aaron Fox is on, you're like, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a long night. If not, let's beat this team up. Yeah. And I guess I, I know not every player is going to be on every single night, but that stretch of games from Fox was just, it, this makes it even more weird. It's, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's like he's, he was on vacation for a month. And now came back and was like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, I can still do this. I guess riding a bike. You need me to go keep us in a game where Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and the rest of the Suns are making shots? Great. I got it. You need me to go drag us to a win against Denver in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back? Great. I got it. Like, that's that's what we talked about it early in the year when when he was scoring 30 a game and looking like an MVP candidate. I, I have him in that bona fide, like, superstar tier because – of what he did in the playoffs. He, he leveled up his game in the playoffs and then came back in the, in the next regular season and continued backing that up. But he hadn't been playing like that for, I keep saying a month. It might be two weeks. It felt like a month, whatever, whatever that stretch more like six weeks. Yeah. So, okay. Month, month and a half. Yeah. So whatever that time has no meaning to me anymore. No, I've got nothing for you in terms of how long 2020 was four years ago. (laughs) That's crazy to me. Anyways, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> just everything everything feels like a year ago so um no but when when he plays like he did last night my it, it, this is this is kind of insane but this is just the nature of the nba my opinion of the kings changes dramatically oh yeah when De'Aaron fox does what he did last night you go oh wow they can hang with any team in the nba they can beat any team in the nba it, even in a seven game series if they got matched up against the Nuggets right now in a seven game series, I don't know if I would pick the Kings, even though I know they're three and zero against them this year. I don't know if I'd pick the Kings in a playoff series, seven games against Michael Malone and, and Nikola Jokic and all those guys. They have the experience. They've been there, all that. But it's like the Kings could definitely have the best player on the floor four nights out of seven. And that matters as much as anything in the playoffs. No, so, I totally agree. I mean, that's man. I was super impressed. Just totally blown away. Yeah. Last night. Fox had a, he had a great quote after the game. He said, a lot of people will just lay down and just get to the break, but we know how important these games are for us. We knew we had to come in and grind out a win, and we were able to do that. That's like, all right, there it is. Now you got 28 more. Start grinding. Like, yeah. get 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 ready. It's going to be a long finish to the season here, and you got to be that player every single night if you can be. Yeah, because it's really clear. Like we we talk about it on this show all the time, even more from Keegan Murray, and that's 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 certainly true. Especially if he's going to grow into a player that is the number two scorer on a on a title team, or or maybe a number three scorer on a title team. Like he needs to get better. That's a hundred percent true. Harrison Barnes, would you like more from him on a night in night out basis? Sure. Kevin Herter, would you like to see him be more assertive, particularly offensively? No doubt. We could talk about all of these players and we can talk about the bench. Davion Mitchell, Keon Ellis, Trela. We can do that until we're blue in the face, but the Kings are going to go as far as De'Aaron Fox is going to take them. Yeah. And I, I really think you saw that last night because if De'Aaron Fox is 15% worse, they don't win that game. If yeah. he's 25% worse, they probably get blown out. No, so, I, I totally, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, we got six quick thoughts coming up, but uh, man, you know, of course, Kyle is the Niners wire guy. He he covers the 49ers. Mm. Yeah. And as soon as we got off the show yesterday, they just like said goodbye to Steve Wilkes. It, it, a mutual parting of ways. <laughs> That's what I always call it when I get let go, like which doesn't happen all that often. But when, well, yeah, but with Steve Wilkes, it seems to happen more often than not. It's it's weird because Kyle Shanahan said like I have decided to part ways with Steve Wilkes or something. <laughs> it, the phrasing, the phrasing was very odd and not typical of what what you see from. Oh, I have relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Oh no, that means is, you got is you, how it was phrased. Yeah, you got yeah, but the then door. but then it all got but then it all got reported as as because on the conference calls you're listening and then you're writing stuff down. And for me as a blogger, you're trying to do a post about it. And so you're getting everything up. And, and then I see all a bunch of the Niners beat guys saying the 49ers and Steve Wilkes have parted ways. Like, did I miss something? I think I might've missed something, but no, they, um, he relieved him of his duties. You and I talked about it yesterday. It was very like the presser was at noon. Yeah. The, the, the conference call was at noon. And we got off the show and, and five minutes after our show ended. Five minutes after, I was like, nah, I think they keep him. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't think happened. they were going to keep him. Um, I just like when you have that much invested on that side of the ball, on the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball, and yeah. it, you can look at the numbers all you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's, his, his defensive numbers were not as good. 
I don't care. There were too many mistakes. There were too many things that were That's fixable. It. And it. and it just never felt like everyone was on the same page as him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I guess at some point that's okay. But you know, you gotta make you gotta do what's right for the franchise. And I, I felt like that was what's right for the franchise, just like and I like shout out to the Niners for for, for actually feeling it and understanding it and then mm-hmm. doing the right thing and like moving on from a from a guy who um, really, it, it made more sense to move on from. Um, yeah, we'll 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 dive into this later for sure because I yeah. think there's a lot of uh, misconception out there about why the 49ers did this. This was not because they lost the Super Bowl. No, and we'll I'll, we'll lay out kind of the the timeline of this and when it started to go sideways and just kind of the signs. They've been there. They've very much been there. And I think had even the 49ers, even if they had won the Super Bowl, I think this might have. Uh, been the outcome Mm -hmm. so we will talk about that but before we do that we got to dive into the king's best win of the year 102 98 over the nuggets in denver to close out the first half for sacramento uh what a way to finish now back to the insiders with james ham and kyle madsen brought to you by jiffy lube on espn 1320 All right, we're back in here. That's James. I'm Kyle. I'm still doing the show from home, so if I sound a little strange, I apologize. Uh, still dealing with the plague, so trying not to spread that around to my coworkers. You're all welcome. Yeah, I, I appreciate right. you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I I'm not I haven't taken a deep dive into what the guidelines and stuff are and like the technicalities of like symptoms because there's like symptoms for X amount of days. And then after, after five days you can be around. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm just waiting until my symptoms are gone and I'm testing negative. You come in when you, when you feel better, you come back. That's, I think yeah, I'm them too, are the rules. Yeah, I'm, um, too, I'm too paranoid to, to be out here spreading germs. Uh, I share too many workspaces, right? Like the, the studio I work in, with 98 rock uh, mickey in the middays works in there i know charlie does some work in there i think jesse does some work in there and i share i literally share a room with jesse uh and if if you know once i come back i'll be sharing that studio with you and Delo and casey so it's a whole it's a whole thing i just don't want to you got your hand in the I'm cookie not, jar not, everywhere here huh yeah dude i'm just i'm just anywhere that i can put germs I'm just, I'm doing work in the kitchen. That's right. I'm doing work in the shared working spaces. I talk to the sales. I mean, it is just a mess. It, it just a total disaster. So I will be here uh, for, <laughs> for the foreseeable for the foreseeable future. But thanks, James and Jesse, for holding it down. Uh, let's get back into Kings Nuggets. The Kings, 102. The Nuggets, 98. James Hand has some thoughts on that game. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. What's going on, everybody? All right, James. Lock uh, in. Number one. Fourth quarter Fox arrived. De'Aaron yeah, Fox. De'Aaron Fox wasn't perfect, uh, but he was able to find his legs. And at, at some point, he finished with 30 points on 12 of 26 shooting. Chipped in eight rebounds, eight assists, 15 points in the fourth quarter, 
he was brilliant down the stretch. It's it's the player that we saw last year that has not been the player that we've seen this year, and like that's who the Kings need to finish out this season. Yeah, it's that's kind of all there is to it. He played all twelve minutes. He took more than half of their shots. He only took two three point attempts. That's the thing that jumps out to me. Mm. Darren was just getting downhill, and the Nuggets didn't have anyone who could guard him. That just flat out. So he scored, they hit 13 shots in, in that final quarter. He scored or assisted 11 of them Mm. and he scored their final 10 points. I mean, that's just, that's a, that is a takeover on a level that not a lot of players in the NBA can, can do and no free throws. Didn't shoot a free throw. (laughs) Uh, That, that seems to be a trend this season. Okay. Let's get to number two, punching the clock. It sure does seem like, Demonis Sabonis is just like going to a factory and and working his day. He just shows up every day. He's got his lunch pail. He's got his hard hat on, punches the clock, goes in there, and uh, drops his 37th consecutive double-double, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 7, no, no, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, out-dueled Sabonis for the second time in a week. I mean, uh, out-dueled Jokic for the second time this week. He was tremendous. Yeah, he's really good. I just don't have anything like it's reached a point where I, I I don't really have anything else to say. Okay. Like he just, he's a good freaking player, man. And he just goes in and does it night in and night out. There are a lot of players. I, I shouldn't say a lot. There are players in the league who are capable of going and getting you uh 20 points and 13 assists. There are one other players who do that on a night in night out basis. And, that is that is uh different and and special and he's a heck heck of a player man yeah for me i'm never going to get to the point where i don't where i want to not appreciate it and i i think that that's oh no like, it's not that no no i know i i'm just saying like around the league i think there is some complacency about who demonis sabonis is and you look at the stats and you're just not grasping what those stats are saying and, like, he's just been so incredibly good. So, all right, let's get to point number three. We have a veteran influence. Harrison Barnes continued to battle despite the tired legs. He knocked down a pair of triples, got to the line. He hit the glass. He finished with probably the quietest 20 points that I can mm-hmm. remember. Um, but that's crazy to say he finished with 20 when Sabonis finished with 20 and Fox had 30, but no one else scored in double figures, and it was a yeah. quiet 20. But uh, I thought that he was really good, and the fact that he got to the free throw line, five or six from the line, when Harrison Barnes is good, that's what he's doing. I'm okay. Six. Yep. He scored 20 points on, on six of nine from the field. I mean, that's just impressive. That's nice. Yeah, I, I, I like, this is why Harrison Barnes, when he goes through those stretches like he had at the beginning of this year where he's just not doing anything, mm-hmm. this is why this game is why those are frustrating. Because he is capable of doing this. Yeah. He's capable on nights where, and there were so, there were so many games this year where the Kings needed just like another player to step up and be a little bit better. And that's what you got out of Harrison Barnes last night. I thought he was, I thought he was really good. He is as good as any player on the team at, at getting to the free throw line, slowing the game down, drawing a foul, going, knocking down his two free throws. 
Um, I, I, I thought he did that last night really well. Uh, you see the, the five boards. That's, that's the kind of involvement I want from Harrison Barnes on a, on a nightly basis. Whether that turns into 20 points, I, it's going to depend. But just the involvement and the activity is what is what was really encouraging for me. No, I totally agree. Yeah, he, he was really good. And, you know, he had to be good because uh, Keegan Murray mm-hmm. was having an off night. Uh, and then point number four, uh, a tough night for Malik Monk. Um, he he mm-hmm. struggled like he has, hasn't struggled for a while. I mean, he's been incredible the last couple of weeks. But he goes 2 of 11 from the field, just six points and three assists. Just... He still had the energy, though, and that's the one thing I'll, I'll continue to point out, that I did not see that the the Kings had let go of the rope. Uh, Malik Monk played 30 minutes, and for him to only score six points in, in 30 minutes, that's just uncharacteristic. He turned the ball over a couple of times, but you could see like he was fighting. He was trying to be involved. He was trying to stay as part of the energy and, and the force that was going forward, and um, despite the, the bad numbers, I, I still think he, he played well. Yeah, didn't didn't force it in the fourth quarter. He was one of four, but there were definitely opportunities where he could have had eight or ten shot attempts in the fourth quarter and yeah. and didn't try and force that. And that's a that's a big deal. Letting letting Garen kind of take over a game in, in that way was was the right move. I, I thought it was a uh, not a great monk performance, but definitely not one where you, it felt like he was a detriment. Yeah. Um, number five uh, earned another look. Chris Duarte has been out of the rotation. Then he got hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't know if he was going to be playing much at all. But I kind of saw it last game where I thought, hmm, if they could at least try to put Chris Duarte in when you have no scores uh, on that second unit, maybe he can help. And they put him in. He hit a huge three. He played tremendous defense. He wins the defensive player of the year uh, of the night for the, the Kings, a DPOG chain. Um, I, I just felt like, this is the type of game that he needed to have, something that he could build from where at least his energy was right and his passion for the game was right and he looked like he he fit in and he made at least one or two big plays. Yeah, he drew an offensive foul early in the fourth quarter. Um, he hit a big three to tie the game. When was that? Uh, with like five and a half minutes left, uh, he hit a big three to tie the game. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Duarte was was really good last night and... His skill set is one that the Kings could really, really use. And man, if he can contribute even a little bit, I, I like what he brings. Yeah, it kind of feels like he just got lost in the shuffle and lost in what was happening and and mm-hmm. tried to do too much too soon. And maybe this is how they can ease him back into the into the game. Uh, let's get to number six. Running in mud. Uh, the Kings offensive uh, offense died in the, on the vine Wednesday night in Denver. Uh Second night of a back to get back, you could see they couldn't find their legs. That's why it's not an excuse. Uh, second night of a back to back is a reason, especially like this. This whole you know going from one, uh, going from Phoenix to to Denver. This was tough going into elevation. They shot forty three point eight percent from the field. They shot twenty seven point three percent from three. They turned the ball over fourteen times, but eleven of those came in the first half where they were just so stuck. They just couldn't yeah. figure out a way to, to get the get the car in gear. And then, boom, mm-hmm. they, they just kept battling. Yep. Yeah, and they kept battling defensively, too. And I think that's a, that's something that can't get overlooked. Um, <clears throat> they couldn't figure it out on offense, but they never let it get to, like, a 25- or 30-point lead where things just get totally out of hand. 
They forced the Nuggets into tough shots. They continued playing good defense. And honestly, that's uncharacteristic of what we've seen from the Kings this year. Typically, it's like, oh, bad offensive start. And you see the slippage on defense and then just the the the, the avalanche gets out of control. Uh, last night, I, I really, really loved how hard they played uh, to work through their their issues offensively. And that's honestly, again, something we haven't really seen from them this year. That was that was a big deal for me. Yeah, for a team that they couldn't shoot at all, I kind of felt like they mm-hmm. deserved to win that game. You know, you have those yeah. games where you're like, hey, they don't deserve to win this game. They're probably going to, but they don't deserve it. That one was different. It was like, oh, look at them go. Look at them if fighting, trying to f- claw and fight through through fatigue. It was good to see. All right, lots to get to. From this game, we'll continue talking about it next. We will have a Jiffy Lube Fast Break player of the game. We're going to have two for you. So from the back-to-back, we'll have one from the Phoenix game. We'll have one from last night's game. We'll tell you who it is from the Phoenix game next. uh, That'll get you a chance to win a Jiffy Lube gift certificate and a Kings jersey. We'll talk Harrison Barnes. Uh, We'll talk Kings, where they sit in the standings. And uh, is the All-Star break uh, good or bad? We'll tell you why next on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. A really good Kings win last night. We're talking about that. I'm Kyle. He's James. We're hanging out with you until noon, and then we will hand it off to D'Lo and KC, and they'll take you up to 4 o'clock right here on ESPN 1320. Uh, Sacramento sports leader will also discuss the 49ers who have uh, relieved defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes of his duties. Who do they replace him with? Uh, was it the right move? We'll talk about all that. We'll have Nick Wagner who covers the 49ers for ESPN. He'll be joining us at 1130 to discuss what's next for the San Francisco football 49ers. But before we do that, let's continue digging in to this this Kings win last night. They're 31 and 23 now at the All-Star break. They are uh, a couple of games worse than than last year. No, I guess they're they have a few one fewer win but two two fewer losses. Mm-hmm. So game in a game half game better. I don't know how that exactly works in the in the standings. I didn't calculate the winning percentage. But James, I w- I wanted to ask you this question because we talked so much about how like, man, this team needs the all-star break. His team needs to get to the break. They need a reset. They need a few days off, get away from basketball. But now is there any concern that that's a momentum killer because they had played so well against Phoenix and they go in and they, they didn't play great against Denver, but they figured out a way to get a win. Okay. Now things start to get rolling. De'Aaron Fox, the guy he's back. Demonis Sabonis is still dominating everything seems to be rolling the right direction. And now, Oh, hang on hit pause for a week. Nobody doing anything. Okay. So I guess you could look at it that way, but for me, this team needed a sure. break. I, I mean, <laughs> they needed a break really, really bad. You could see it just like the general malaise of the team. You know, you, you get to a point where guys are worn out guys are, they're nursing so many bumps and bruises. I mean, we even talked about, you know, the Phoenix game, um, you know, like De'Aaron Fox got crushed, you know, a, a total hatchet job, you know, hitting the head, thrown into the stanchion. Like, if you don't think that that hurt, you know, you're wrong, you know. So mm-hmm. the fact is that, like, even if uh, if a player is is not on the injury report, that doesn't mean that they're okay. And I, I think even sure. for a player like Chris Duarte, 
you know, he he's coming back off a sprained ankle, and you know, they again they said it was a moderate ankle sprain. If I'm going to look at that, I'm going to say it's a grade two, and he's back in a week and a half, two weeks. He probably mm-hmm. needs more time, you know, but he probably also wants to be out there and wants to help his team. So I think this is a good moment for a team to have some positivity going into the break where it's not like we're down in the doldrums and we suck and this is horrible and our season shot. You're going mm-hmm. into the break. You're getting a opportunity to go out and, you know, maybe take a little vacation, spend some time at home with the the family, um, just heal up. And, and the teams can't even, they can't even, uh, like, practice. Like, this isn't... You can practice like there's two days coming out of the break where teams can hold practices, but even the first one is in the evening. Um, there's not even availability until like four or five in the afternoon where teams can actually have guys back in the gym. Guys wow. can come in and work out if they want, and they can come in and shoot if they want in the gym. They all have like a thumbprint or facial identification where mm-hmm. they can walk in and go to the practice facility and get work in. And they can even have like a trainers there to make sure that they're not hurting themselves lifting weights and, and they mm-hmm. can have somebody shagging the ball for them. But what they can do is have organized practices or anything else. This is just a really good moment for, for people to hit a reset button, get away from the game, forget about the game for a minute and try mm-hmm. to focus on something else. And then you come back renewed and fresh. And I, I think the perfect way to, to go into the break was to play well against Phoenix and, and not come up with a win, but to go in to Denver the next game and just show the grit and the grind that you can yeah. be that team and and really build some confidence. So I don't think there's any negatives to the break uh, if uh, for the Kings at all. I, I think that this is exactly what they needed. So are you coming around to my way of thinking that it's actually good that Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox didn't make the All Star game? Um, no. Come I, on. I mean, yeah, I'm, Come over to this side. One of them not making it, uh, the other one making it, yeah. But I still think it's so blatantly disrespectful. And sure. like I keep saying this, like if I'm Demonis Sabonis, and you know, and if you're someone who covers him and someone who watches him out there, you should be pulling for him to be a Hall of Famer, right? And I'm not saying that De'Aaron Fox, you shouldn't be doing the same thing, but I think De'Aaron Fox's pathway to the Hall of Fame is different than Demonis Sabonis's because Sabonis mm-hmm. is a grinder. He's not flashy. He's not, he, he might not even when he's done playing be all that like remembered because that's, it's a workmanlike quality to him that, that kind Mm -hmm. of, he does his thing and you get to a fourth, uh, you know, all-star game and that puts you in a different stratosphere. And I, and I think that he's on pace to become a hall of famer. And I really do think he was robbed here and I think he's one of the best, you know, 10, 12, 15 players in the league. Um, we can all argue who those players would be, but just like statistically speaking, you can't just keep being statistically one of the best players in the league mm-hmm. and for everyone to not say that you're not one of the best players in the league. Like at what point does it, does your stats and who you are and what you've meant to a franchise like change the the conversation around you? And, and I think with mm-hmm. Sabonis, it just doesn't for some reason. People just keep looking at him the wrong way. And uh, when it's all said and done, he'll go down. I mean, he, he picked up his 50th, 50th triple-double on Tuesday night. And mm-hmm. he's like the 11th player in the history of the NBA to have 50 career triple-doubles. And he's 27 years old, 28 years old. Like, he mm-hmm. could string together another 100-and-something triple-doubles and go down as one of the top triple-double guys of all time. 
which is a valuable mm-hmm. stat. I mean, these are things that like people try to do. And so mm-hmm. I just think that I would have rather seen him in the All-Star game because I want him to get those props. I want him to have sort of the pathway to uh, to a Hall of Fame career. I think he's... I don't... Here's what... <laughs> I don't disagree at all. I have no qualms with any of that. Like, I have nothing... I have nothing against any of that. But I think my my point is is that aside silver lining if you're looking for one, yeah is everything you said before that about how much rest they need and getting out getting away from the game and not be i mean the all-star the all-star game for players is like media re- availabilities and there's this uh community function they're doing and then oh, they're going out on this night and then they got to go out to this thing and then they got to play it in this game and it just seems exhausting <clears throat> so that's it that's the the silver lining like you said, there's all these benefits and I get it and I and I understand all that and he should have gone and it's a it's a it's a sham that he didn't and I am there. I am with everybody who believes that. I, but I, yeah. But if I'm if I'm also taking a step back and going like, okay, is there any good that can come out of this? It's like, oh yeah, he doesn't have to deal with all the stuff that comes with going to the all-star game. Just gets to hang out and 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 get some rest and then come back and be awesome at basketball. So by the end of the year, when he's an all NBA guy, we can all sit here and go, wait, how didn't he make an all-star team? And I say, we all meaning the larger basketball populace who is not sitting there saying that right now. Yeah. And you know, you're right. Like as far as like from the basketball standpoint, it is better that he doesn't go, that he gets to rest and relax. And also Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people forget he had a, a little one like right after he got here, right? Right after he got traded. And then his wife had another baby like during the off season. So now they have two, two that are like under the age of two. And mm-hmm. so if you're, Sabonis is a family guy. He wants to be mm-hmm. around his kids. He wants to spend time. He wants to, you know, the, the season is a grind. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. the Kings just got done with a 14 game road trip where you just don't get to see your family every day. And not everybody was able to go hop on the plane and, and go from one city to the next. I know Rosay was able to do that for at least part of the trip with uh, with Baby Rain for with De'Aaron. But that's not the mm-hmm. case with everybody. And so, uh, like, this is a, a moment for someone to step back and, and really, like, reflect on the season. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, storyboard what you want to do the rest of the season and who you want to mm-hmm. be and how you want to finish this this thing and have conversations with your teammates about this and all that. Um, so yeah, Kyle, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, I, I agree from that point of view, from, from a selfish point of view as, uh, you know, that if, and from like, if, if fans out there sure. feel that same way, I totally get it. I totally get it. But for me, I'd like to see him get the recognition because he, he's one of those players. Totally. That, uh, he just totally. can't, he can't get enough of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he definitely, he definitely should have. And it's a joke, <clears throat> frankly, that he's, that he's not going to be playing in the all-star game. Uh, coming up in 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 the next couple of days. That's and, um, and hey, uh, Kyle, it cost him one point three million dollars. It did. That's true. He had a that's bonus true. for making an All Star team and another one point three for making All NBA. He could not get both of those bonuses this year. So I mean, that's that's cash in cash in your pocket, man. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, that's also very tough for sure. All right, uh, Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. So we did not do one after the Kings game against the Suns on Wednesday night. So we, excuse me, on Tuesday Tuesday. night, Tuesday night. So we will be uh, doing that today. And then we'll be doing another one uh, later on in the show. So a Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. 
uh, for Tuesday is going to be De'Aaron. That's the word you're going to go enter at ESPN1320.com. You enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. You also enter to win a King's jersey that we'll be giving away at the end of this month. So get those entries in. ESPN1320.com. The contest page is right there, front and center. Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. Click on that. Enter the code De'Aaron. You got to spell it right. Apostrophe and all. D-E apostrophe A-A-R-O-N. You got to spell it right. That is the code word for our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game for the King's loss to the Suns on Tuesday. And you're also put in for the uh, Kings jersey. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on. Go on uh, log in. Let's do this. All right. All right. Shout out. Um, okay, you know what? Hey, we're just going <laughs> you know, to... Never mind. Never mind. Chatty House is on it. Chatty House knows what's good. Um, we're going we're gonna to move on, though. Um <laughs> Does last night's I, I so I try not to so because covering the NFL, it is so knee jerk week in and week out, right? Yeah, it's one team is one and zero this week, and they could go to the Super Bowl and did they figure it out? And then they lose the next one, and it's like should they fire the coach? Like that's that's kind of how it goes in the NBA with eighty two games. It's it's a little bit different, and with this Kings team specifically, I feel like I've gotten fooled multiple times into thinking like, okay, this team is back. Like, Oh no, this team is completely off the rails. They need to make a major change. Oh no, maybe they're good. It's, it's a, I don't know if you've ever seen the video or the gif of the girl trying kombucha for the first time. Oh wait. Where she she takes a sip and makes like a nasty face. Like, don't like it. And then she lets it sit for a second. Then she's like, well, maybe. And then she's like, no. And then she's like, well, maybe that's that's how the kings have been to me all year they but, are like kombucha the kombucha kinks <laughs> <laughs> dude i try i one one time is actually when we we're in reno i i decided i was gonna to just be a kombucha guy like that's gonna start i'm gonna i'm gonna make that my lane in life and i bought a kombucha that is disgusting <laughs> I did not like it. I did not like it one bit. It was not my favorite thing I've ever I've ever had. I powered through the bottle because I felt like I had to, but I was not a fan. Anyways, um, last night, though, it gets really, really difficult for me to not feel like that was a corner turned where they gutted out that kind of win and now the vibes are good going into the all-star break. They get some time off. They get to make coaching staff gets to make a few tweaks and adjustments. The players get to rest up, uh, get that, get that mental reset. I, I, I have a really hard time not feeling really good about the direction that Sacramento is going uh, based on not, not just last night, based on the Phoenix game too. I know they lost, but that I thought they played pretty well in that one. And then they come back and, and find a way to gut out a win against the nuggets. That's something I didn't think, that this team was capable of doing. And the fact that they are, I think changes the outlook a little for me. Oh, I totally agree. This is one of those games where there is such thing as like a get right game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I think there is in, in almost every sport where, you know, there are these things in sports, you know, like the, the makeup call, like we saw a makeup call mm-hmm. last night. There was no question. We saw a makeup call. Uh, they, well, maybe it was against the Suns when the ball went out of bounds. And and Devin Booker said it was off of him. Uh, it wasn't off of him. And then the, the, the next time down, they call like a super quick offensive foul or something. Like there's there are makeup calls, and they're just like there are there are get right games. And for me, uh, 
I felt like the Suns game was was almost a turning point for this team where again you you didn't play your best but you fought and you were in it against a great team and the other team beat you because shots fell not because you did something grotesquely wrong or because you couldn't uh you know defend the three ball or whatever I mean maybe that's a little bit of it but um mm-hmm. when you get to the Denver game and you're you're in a contest that you know you're not your best right there and and everyone can see you're not your best but that doesn't mean that you're going to cash it in. You're going to sit there and play as hard and and you know as you possibly can for the entire game. Mm-hmm. That to me was about as grimy and gritty a game as the Kings have won in the last two years, mm-hmm. where you just thought, mm-hmm. man, they don't have it at all, but they're not stopping. And to me, that's yeah. if if you're a dad watching that. Those are the games where the game ends, a whistle blows, and you just stand <laughs> up and you start clapping. Like, that's a proud dad <laughs> moment. And I'm sure that that's what Mike Brown felt afterwards, like this proud dad moment. Like, yeah, holy cow. Like, I, I don't care if they won or lost. My boys just went in there and they fought. And so yeah. I, I thought it was a great moment for the team. That's kind of what, it felt like that's what we've been asking for, like, all season. Though. Yeah. And that 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 was like a, oh, hey, light bulb. Like, that's, <laughs> yes, like, that's it. Like, that that's all. If they had approached every single game this year, like they approached last night, They'd have like nine more wins. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what that's what really jumped out to me. That's the it, frustrating <laughs> thing, right? That's the thing that like that that makes you just it just totally frustrates you. You're you're sitting there like, hey, what exactly? Oh, where is this on a nightly basis, Kyle? And I and I get it. You like the frustration level for this team. It's not just like oh, all positive and like it's like. Where are you guys those other nights where because this isn't the first time you've looked this way where you couldn't buy a basket or or you didn't have any gas in the tank like this is you you have to find this every time and I I don't again yeah. I don't know what it was who had the the win one for the Gipper speech or whatever but I certainly think <laughs> that that there was some sort of moment here where this team like like even if it was on the team playing together they said hey look this is we have to win this game. We have got to find a way. And then you get out there and nothing's falling and you're like, guys, just looking at each other, like we cannot go, let go. We can't mm-hmm. let go tonight. We have got to keep playing because yep. at this point, like, man, they wouldn't just be the eight seed. They'd be the eight seed by like a game and a half. And that'd be yeah. eh, not good. It reminded me of their win at Brooklyn last year where they beat Brooklyn 101 to 96. And Mike Brown after the game, let's see, I'm looking at the box score right now. Uh, they shot 39% from the field and 31.7% from three, the Kings did, uh, against a against a, a decent Brooklyn team. Yeah. And Mike Brown said after the game, he was like, that's the best defensive game we've played since I've been here. And that's a little bit how last night to, to me felt. Now the question becomes okay the the effort was great that's that's ultimately what matters i don't it, i don't think uh I, I i my optimism does not go so far as to say like oh hey the kings are also going to hold a bunch of teams under 105 points now and everything's going to be good they've learned how to play defense i think that was more of a one-off thing but it's the grit right it's like the attitude and the competitive drive that that to me matters more than oh did they figure it out on defense or not Kyle, it's the attitude that we didn't know if it still existed with this right. team. 
I mean, yeah. in all honesty, I, I didn't know if it still existed. Like, is this team broken? Can you fix it? That game last night told me, yeah, you can fix things. Like, you mm-hmm. can you can get back in with this team during the All-Star break. You can have a couple of days off. You get back together. You can have some conversations, whether or guys can go have coffee together. Guys can have a barbecue or whatever. You know, I, I'd even go back to, uh, like, Trey Lyles told us this last year um, before he was going into free agency that um, he said he'd never been invited to a teammate's house for dinner before. And before last season. And uh, he said that like this, it felt like home, right? And that he had never been through a season where he felt like his his teammates all had become close friends and like that they were sharing in each other's lives, like going to each other's houses for dinner and stuff. He said he'd never, he'd never experienced that as an NBA player. And I was taken yeah. aback by that. Like, really? You've never, like, really? But, uh, that's what some of this time is for. Like, hey, somebody throw a barbecue. Hey, let, let's get together and maybe watch a little bit of the All-Star game. Or, or maybe not. Everyone go on vacation and have a good time. But, you know, when we get back, let's, let's, let's reconvene. Let's get back on the same page. Let's be teammates. Let's find a way to, like, piece this thing together and move forward yeah. together. And, and so I think it's a good moment. Um, and, and I think this is the right way. This is the exact game you needed to send yourself into the all-star break and it's a feel good moment. But, uh, yeah, you know, Soren Smith says a, 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 a team trip to Scandia. Uh, Everybody yeah. Just one mini golf. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, the, like go bowling together, go, or just everyone just go over to somebody's house. Somebody's got a pool table, hang out and, and just relax and, you know, have a drink and, and get to get to hang out and kind of like get back to the basics and reset who you are as a team because you know they just got done with that 14 day road trip that seven day is seven game trip i think mm-hmm. you can wear on each other too like it, when things aren't going when things are good I, I think it helps solidify teams when things are not going well or when things are a little odd with a group spending all that time on it together can can be a detriment too but this is a full-on reset button and i think that's why i love the nba uh, all-star break. I, I wish it was more towards the center of the season. So then that way, and the trade deadline was more towards the center of the season. So you had, you know, more time to grow mm-hmm. afterwards, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we have more suggestions in the, in the chatty house for what the Kings can do. Top golf. Oh. Love the top golf idea. Yep. A chili cook off. Yep. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> little, te- little team chili cook off. That's a, that's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, um, I think the team chemistry aspect of this is is just so important. And I think it shows up on, I think it's a little bit overrated in terms of like overall big picture success, but I think you see it matter in nights like last night where yeah. individually, maybe not everybody has it, but everybody else wants to, you know, play for the guy next to them. I know that's so cheesy, but that's, I think what kind of happens in those moments. And not every team has that. Um, I, I think when you go look at, I don't think you have to look far. I think you can look at the Golden State Warriors last year. Like so many of their failures was because they did not have that attitude. And you very much saw the Kings have it last night. And it's a reason they won a game that they had no business winning. No, and I, that, they, that kind of stuff matters a lot. No, they had no business winning that game at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, sometimes, you know, even for a guy like Chris Duarte, just think of Chris Duarte's season. He's been on the outside. 
He got injured, mm-hmm. but he's been on the outside of the rotation. He can't he can't break back into the rotation. Everything's gone wrong, um, you know. And, and then not only to compound like he had been out of the rotation, and then to add insult to injury or injury to insult, he literally rolls his ankle in warmups and he's and he's out for a Brutal. week or two, right? Like Brutal. that can be really isolating and really lonely as a player. And then to have a game like this going into the break, now you feel like maybe you're part of something. Maybe you can be part mm-hmm. of something the second half. And so I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, sort of ways that, uh, you know, you can piece things back together and, and sort of mend fences going into an all-star break like this. And so hopefully they take it that way. Hopefully it was as, as positive as we're looking from the outside that it's as positive on the inside. Yeah, because they open they hope it after the break against it's the Spurs, right? Yes. I just I just yeah. smartly clicked out of the roster. So that's a good opportunity to just keep it rolling. Like yeah. it's not like they have a, a juggernaut ahead of them. Although, dude, Wemby is so sick. He's fun. It is outrageous. He it is outrageous how he is just the version of basketball player that everybody said he was going to be. And he's just that now. He Whoa. had a triple double with blocks. Yeah, only doing this 30 minutes a game, too. Actually, he's only getting 28 minutes a game this season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't wait to see Davion Mitchell guard him. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I, that's where I'm at. I'm like, well, Vic, Vic would throw Davion over his shoulder and take him to the basket. Oh, no. Davion's going to be like, <laughs> like you know, nipping at his uh, kneecaps. Like, no, no, man. You're not going anywhere. You're just karate chopping the kneecaps? Yeah, just like, <laughs> don't let him go anywhere. Like, you want to put the ball on the ground? That's fine. Like every dribble, hand checking of on the calf, the calf, <laughs> the hand check. Every uh, like every time he goes to drive, it's just like, where is that guy? I mean, he dribbles taller than Davion is. You know, he he it's, dribbles it like, yeah, it's wild. Did you see the sequence the other night where he blocks the dunk, and then comes back down on the other end and puts? I for, I wish I could remember who the who was guarding him, but just puts him in a blender with like crossovers, and then hits a three from above the break. It's just like. Yeah. What do you even do? I don't know what you do. You know, it's like watching uh, Alperin Shengun where he, he makes like 17 moves on one play. And you're like, what is happening? What is happening? I don't know what's happening. And then boom, he scores. Uh, yeah. Except for that with is. Victor Wembanyama is like seven foot four and just like, will dunk on you. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. That's uh that's one week from today. The Kings will be back from the all-star break uh, facing the Spurs at Golden One Center. Cannot wait to be in the building. That's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, not a ton of fun for the 49ers yesterday. They fired their defensive coordinator. Was that the right move? And who will replace Steve Wilkes? We'll talk about that next on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader.